Okay. Today we're going to talk about the things that we've learned about mental health since we started this process, and um, we narrowed it down to 10 things. There's many, many things we've learned, and everyone's always, uh, we accept any type of thoughts on this and uh, share whatever you think, but we tried to narrow it down to 10. Um, some things we've touched on, but we think the, in our eyes, uh, the 10 most important things. So um, we're going to start off by talking about nutrition. Yeah, um, one of the things I learned about uh, mental health was that your mind and uh, your body are directly related. And one of the leading causes of mental health challenges is a lack of gut health and uh, what you're eating. So what I learned about nutrition was that it's different for everybody. What I can eat is different than what my father can eat because we both exercise a lot differently and i my metabolism's faster at my age than his would be. So what works for me with eating wouldn't work for him. Um, so educating myself on nutrition was very important for me. Getting to know what, uh, what exactly words like trans fat, fiber, all those words, or what exactly they mean and what my body needs for someone who exercises the way I do. Um, if I hadn't learned those things, it probably would still be a big issue for me because I have uh, some stomach problems. I don't digest gluten. And uh, for me, it's very important to stay on top of it, probably more important than it is for most people. But uh, yeah, the biggest part of it for me was just educating myself about what exactly is in foods and what is good for my body. And after the education part of nutrition, which everyone, if they take the time, can do, as households, we tend to we're run by marketing on products and foods and we rat race all the time and it really takes some type of commitment to start eating the right things and not get kind of pulled into the marketing of purchasing certain type of foods and the fast food joints and might take a little more planning. You might have to give up some things because sometimes it could be more expensive. I think Quinton's learning that as a college student to buy items that are more healthy it's just convenient it does cost more and he's kind of uh, learning that and as parents you know what we put out there for for our kids and ourselves is um, we're really the biggest influence on how our kids eat we can't really look at anyone else before we look in the mirror at ourselves uh, the second thing that both of us agreed on is uh, exercise and the thing about exercise and your mental health is that the exercise is also, like nutrition, it's different for everybody. How I exercise and have to exercise as a, as a young man is different than how an older woman would have to exercise. It's, it's a lot different, and you have to know yourself well enough to know what exactly you need. Um, on top of exercise with it is exercising outdoors, too, not exercising in the gym all the time and on the treadmill, getting outside, getting in nature makes the exercise a lot different. It changes your breathing. And that's one of the biggest things that I've just started doing is uh, learning how to breathe properly. I was always told that I had asthma growing up and I needed an inhaler and this and that. Um, but I think now I've, I'm breathing easier than ever because I am learning uh, the power of breathing and how much you can change a breath with some breath work stuff. Yeah, I really, um, 
I miss exercising the way I used to, but the reality is you can't. And and even when I used to exercise, a lot of it was a way to let out anxiety or maybe even anger from my own childhood experiences. Anyone that knows me from uh, playing sports with them or whatever, we always kind of laugh at it now. But looking back at it, I'll I'll never throw a stone at a young person that's emotionally challenged uh, when they're out there playing sports. But for me, uh, I mean, Quinton goes to the gym and goes through all his weight training and so on. And uh, me, I'm just trying to stretch out, keep my flexibility, but also that relaxing part of it. And I, if I can sit on the ocean, that's healthy. That's mental exercise to relax and just to think twice about what I'm doing or maybe do something different the next time. I think exercise just relaxes your body. And um, again, with the rat race, the pressures of everyday life, you got to find a, a way, an outlet other than some of the other outlets that people find is um, to not think as clearly to be troubled, whether it's maybe having a few too many drinks to kind of forget about what's going on. And in the end, the issue doesn't go away. You have to relax to be able to look at that issue in a an objective and find a solution, go through the decision process. And um, again, we can all make better decisions. I certainly make bad ones all the time, but, um, you know, reflecting on that is huge. The third thing uh, was to get to know yourself. And that goes... Uh, well, that is the biggest part of nutrition and exercise to know what works best for you and uh, what your body needs in order to be healthy. Um, and also what the amount of sleep you need to be rested, the amount of maybe caffeine you need to be energized in the morning. It's different for everybody. Um, for me and being at college, one of the biggest things that is uh difficult and I think is one of the most pressing issues for kids my age and high school age is uh, knowing that maybe you're not a kid who likes going out and knowing that it's okay to not go do that um, to go do what uh, you like I like going for walks in the woods which I try to do every day but now the winter is kind of coming and changing that but um, you need to find what works for you because otherwise you're just you're never going to be as happy as you can be if you're going with a crowd, and that was one of the biggest things for me to learn. Um, I'm still filtering through it. I still, you know, I don't really like the uh, nightlife scene or going out, but sometimes it's hard when when you do like your friends and like hanging around people. So it's something that I'm still trying to work out, and it might be a never ending battle. But getting to know yourself and what you need to be healthy and happy is extremely important to your mental well being. Yeah, it's interesting to see um, yourself and your in your children where, um, you know, thinking you have to do things can be cultural, can also be just from your, your background. But, you know, me and my friends, we were always there till the place closed. We didn't want to miss anything, which was immaturity and so on. But um, that's just the way we were. And we never gave that a thought. We just did it because that's just the place we were in. But... You know, get, getting to know yourself is to appreciate yourself, too. There is no one that doesn't have gifts and positive things to contribute. And, you know, everyone always worries about you fitting in and you want to 
um, get along with everybody. Well, you're, you're not going to fit in everywhere. You're not going to get along with everybody. And that's really not a bad thing. I, I know um, Quentin, when we changed schools, that was a, that was a challenge for him. There was, he wasn't doing anything wrong. He, it was just a whole new environment for him to learn how to adjust to. Yeah, but I've I've never really uh, felt like I uh, fit in. I've I've never felt like I belonged in a in a certain group or with certain people. I've always felt like an outsider. And for me in high school, that was really tough because I just I I felt like I always I wanted something different. I didn't want to go out with all these kids. And what I've learned now is that that's actually it probably is a good thing, and it's something that I now use to my advantage. But I wish I learned it at a younger age that it's okay and maybe even better to not fit in, and that you can do other stuff, and it is okay to be able to do what you want. Yeah, and I I think um, we have reflection of one of the things on our list, and that does tie in with the other issues, and it's just. Um, if you exercise, your body slows down, you're able to, that helps reflection. If you go for a walk in the woods, it's very peaceful, um, kind of take, learn how to breathe well, and it does give you the opportunity to reflect on a lot of things that are going on. I think it helps everything. But with reflection, one of the challenging parts is knowing when to stop reflecting. I think both of us have the challenge where we actually get into modes where we think maybe too much. And uh, we let stuff bother us. At least I do. I don't want to speak for you. But I let stuff bother me for longer than it should because of how much I reflect. I spend a lot of time, uh, purposely, I spend a lot of time alone. I spend a lot of time deep in thought because I think it's healthy. Um, I live by the Jim Valvano said, if you laugh, you cry, and you think it's a full day. And I do spend a lot of time in thought, but it is something that I've learned I can't take too much time and thought, otherwise it might ruin my whole day. Yeah, well, he definitely, Quentin gets that from me. I've always had trouble. Um, <coughs> sleep Sleep is so much more important. There's studies now that never really were done. We're learning all these things about the importance of sleep. It's all very logical. It makes sense. You rest your body, you rest your mind, and so on. But I do get bothered. Um, I, I do care passionately about certain issues, and when those buttons get hit, I can spend a couple of days without sleeping. I'm lucky that I can do my job, probably not as well without sleep. But I know the other night I was bothered by something and I probably slept an hour and a half. Got up at 4.30, went along with my day. And, you know, you think you're fine, but you're really not. And so when that's definitely something that Quentin probably gets from me. And you can talk yourself in a circle sometimes. Um, really helps to have someone else have that conversation, I think, just so you don't swallow yourself up. Yeah, the the fifth thing we had was uh, about music. And I want to tie with music. Also, if you're listening to podcasts, watching videos, watching TV, I think they all can work both good and bad about uh, as far as what you're consuming. So I think one of the things I've learned about music shows uh videos is to just it depends on my mood but i try to listen to stuff that will make me um either think or be in a good mood i watch a lot of if maybe i had a rough day i'll watch a lot of comedy shows because i know it's going to put me in a good mood uh, or comedy specials um if it's a time where maybe i'm thinking about certain stuff i listen to 
artists or songs that I know are going to make me think. I listen to a lot of uh, Zach Bryan, Luke Combe, because it's good music. I don't really listen to a lot of the rap stuff anymore just because I don't think it's uh, it adds value to my life. Um, other than maybe I listen to it so I, at least when my teammates have it on in the locker room, I know some of the words. But other than that, I don't really... Um, I don't find joy in it, so I don't touch it anymore. Yeah, I think music has always been, um, they tell you what to play when the baby's in the crib. They tell you, you know, and I used to laugh at everything. I'm certain I'll put classical music on. I'm a paint contract. If I'm painting window sash when they used to have those on windows, uh, it would slow me down, make me relax a little bit. Um, I've always liked lyrics. I think that's just part of my personality, so I need to hear them. So certain type of music appeals to me more than others. And I think because of the path we've gone on, um, there is a lot of music that I listen to that uh, I just think it makes me stop and appreciate where I'm at and the opportunities I have. It does slow me down to um, not complain about something instead just see all the good that I have in my, on my side instead of complaining about it. So I think music is probably maybe the most underrated. I'm not a concert goer, but I love listening to different music. Quentin will send me some of the stuff he's listening to, and I know he likes it for a reason. It kind of gives me another connection with him on understanding where, where he's thinking or where he's at. So um, I really appreciate uh, music a great deal. Um, the next thing we had was something that we talked about a lot and we actually, we did a whole 30 man conversation about it, but is choosing gratitude over being depressed. And, um, I always, <clears throat> I always talk about the Steve Harvey comment that gratitude and depression can't live in the same house. And I do, I have found it to be true. I don't just think it's true. I know for me that I've experienced it and it is true that, you can't be depressed and be grateful for what you have at the same time. It just doesn't work. Um, so one of the biggest things for me was when I was younger, I was dealing with a lot of stuff and I felt like the world was collapsing and that my life was so bad and I had it worse than a bunch of other people. But now if I have a problem, I, uh, I'm just, I'm honestly just grateful to be alive now. I, any problem that, um, I have it. It really doesn't bother me or affect me much as far as my mental well-being, just because I am grateful for everything I I have and for who I am, and even just to have the experience of uh, going through what I'm going through. Yeah, once you're grateful, it turn it changes everything. It's you're more empathetic towards others because you realize how uh, well off you are, and maybe at one time you felt like you were in the dumper and now you've found a way to feel better about yourself and you can share yourself with others, be more empathetic, a better listener, and so on. So um, gratitude's an amazing thing. It's, it's really underrated. The, um, in sports, everyone complains about you know, things not going well if they're losing, and yet 99% of the experience may have been good. Um, you know, the relationships are good and people get caught up on the cultural uh, parts of it that are supposedly more important and they're not. But gratitude just leads you in the right direction in many, many areas. 
Um, we also, this is another thing we talk about a lot and something on our list is surrounding yourself with people who enhance your day or enhance your life or make you a better person. And this is another one for me at my age that's been, um, it's tough to sort out. Um, but I've learned to categorize people for what, what they do for me and how they make me feel. I've learned that there's people that I know Maybe they're not good at one thing, but I know that they're funny and they're going to put me in a good mood and I value that. Or there are people that if I need to have a conversation and uh, maybe I'm looking for advice, there's people I go to on that. So I've learned to put people in their box as far as how can they help me and help my life. Um, I'm, not, I'm not really someone like I people ask all the time, like, oh, like, who's uh, who's your best friend and stuff like that. But I've never really had a a best friend or people that I'm super close with. I, I have a lot of friends and a lot of people I really like, but I have different people that I go to different for different things and for help on certain stuff. And I think that's really healthy for me and probably the reason that I can keep so many relationships and really I don't have a lot of friendships go sour. So, yeah, I think, um, I mean, it affects everything. You, you know, does your workplace enhance your experience? Uh, when I go to work, and I'm I'm fortunate, I've done I've had this job um, of being a painting, having a painting company since I was 14 years old. So it's very unique that for 54 years, I've had this job, and I'm now just learning that I can walk away from certain type jobs or people I meet that just aren't going to help my day. I mean, why would I want to go there? I've worked hard to have make those choices. And I think part of the opportunity of surrounding yourself with the right people is all the other things we talk about. Do the right thing. Make yourself um, welcomed by others. And then you get the opportunity to decide who you want to be around. And, you know, you have a lot to offer people when you just be yourself. You don't have to adjust to everybody else. And good people will want you in their company. So I think, um, and, and Quentin does have a lot of good friends. He's talked before about how he's kind of gravitated back to some. And I've done the same with some of my friends that I went to college with. I, I consider them uh, admirable people, uh, people of a high you know, moral compass. And that's why I also choose those people because that's who I want Quentin to be around. Um, and it's been very, very helpful. We're not, um, never was social in the town I live in. And this is the first year I've done probably 80% of my work has been local. And I've just met so many wonderful people. And I'm really appreciative of that. But it also reminds me that um, as I try to continue growing as I get older, I do things different. I probably don't even realize it. But as I learn to try to improve myself daily, um, part of that, the big part of that is to surround myself with the people that make me feel good, um, people I can laugh and share the ups and downs of the experience with. Um, the eighth thing that we have on the list is uh, we said ignore the noise. And the noise for me is different than uh, the noise for what what you would have the noise because I've grown up with um, the world of social media and 
the world where everything's online and um, the the noise for me in my age group is is mostly through social media. It's mostly um, maybe you're comparing your life to other people online and you're like, oh, that person gets to go on this vacation, that vacation. It's, but you really can't, you can't uh, worry about what other people are doing on social media. I think social media is the most unhealthy thing for my generation and it is the reason why so many kids are unhappy right now. Um, so I've learned to just build a connection with uh, with the earth because that's something that that I enjoy. Um, when I find myself sitting in my room on my phone and I do do it a lot, I try to, I, I just go for a walk, I go outside and it's something that that hour uh, I enjoy more than just sitting scrolling. And um, the other part about ignoring the noise for me is that I, I've learned to take uh, to take criticism, but maybe ignore people that really are just not going to add any value to my life. And I know maybe they're wrong. Um, instead of getting bothered by it, I've learned to just maybe brush it off. Um, I've had a lot of stuff that has bothered me that has been said to me or I feel like I'm getting treated unfairly. And instead of feeling like I need to fix that or uh, make a stand for myself, I've learned to just kind of let it roll off, move on and try and find another way to deal with it. And I think that's been very important for me too. Yeah. And even um, coaching for so many years, there's always, you know, and as coaches, we do things wrong as well as anybody, but overall, your intentions are very good and you're looking out for the kids and you have these, um, say you have 15 to 20 people in your group, um, you're not going to please everybody and you can't let that 5% of the, you know, control the narrative and they're usually the loud minority. Um, otherwise, your friends would tell you. The people that you trust will help you know what the truth is or get you to look at the other side and um, those other, that 5%, you can't let them dictate to you. I, I, from uh, Quentin's so right with social media, it is the youth's uh, biggest challenge. But I did have a situation, a good friend um, who, you know, struggles with different things and uh, anxiety and, and some depression. And we actually, uh, I don't know if I saw something on Twitter, but I said to him, I go, you know, we, we really ought to stop starting our day with watching or looking at news stuff on Twitter. And um, so we both kind of cut back on it and within a week agreed that it was just not the right way to start the day. Now, I like getting information, but it's not a good way to start the day and probably not a good way to end it either. So there's um, all this information out there. I don't know how young people process it all. I mean... You know, as an adult, I can go to someone and just say, can you believe I saw this? But young kids looking at social media, I would think many times it just really puts them in a negative place. And I'm sure that's what Quentin's saying about kids' challenges with it. Yeah, and but we also, we both use social media. I mean, yeah. I, I use social media, but I think one of the biggest things about it is having a, a healthy relationship with it. Um, just like food, just like your exercise, it's, it's all about how you use it and uh, what you're using it for. Uh, if, you're, if you're exercising to get your mind off a bunch of other stuff, the exercise, it might not go as well as it could. 
Um, and that's how social media is for me. I don't, I'm not off the grid or anything like that. I just know, um, how it affects me and how to use it for me so that it doesn't negatively impact me. And that's the healthy relationship part's been the biggest part. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love it. I love Twitter and stuff, but one thing I've learned to do and it, and I get frustrated with this sometimes, but no matter how you feel about any issue, that's up to everybody individually, but that people won't listen to the other side. That's a problem I have in the, and social media plays into that because if you feel a certain way about something, you can find unlimited opinions to support it. So you kind of have to figure it out and um, educate yourself on that as well. But uh, yeah, I think that having a healthy relationship with anything you spend time with, anything, um, like get to know your car better, things, everyone matters. Um, the, the second to last thing that we have is um, about attitude and... For me, um, attitude is probably the uh, biggest part of my mental health um, with everything, with work, with school, with basketball. Um, my attitude change on all these things has been what allows me to enjoy my life more. And um, I, I found this interesting study of um, depression patients that um, I'll have to find the exact study and put it into the description, but they told 50 patients, uh, with depression that they were depressed and they told 50 patients with depression that, that they weren't depressed and they were just going through a rough patch and the 50 that they told that they weren't depressed, um, in a week or two, started, uh, experiencing a lot better feelings about life and they were a lot happier and they thought their depression maybe went away. And the 50 that they told were depressed uh, felt the same. And uh, for me, that's, that is that um, is I'd be in the 50 if they told me that I was depressed. I would feel depressed. And uh, what I've learned is that I don't need um, other people to tell me that. That if I tell myself that I'm having a bad day, I'm probably going to have a bad day. Um, and if I tell myself that I'm going to have a good day, I'm probably going to have a good day. So changing that attitude where... Um, when I was 15, 16, I, I was telling myself, you know, you, you're depressed, something's wrong with you, your life sucks, that now um, at age 20 that I'm telling myself, you know, you're, you're doing great, you're having a great day, you're, you know, you might be upset about something, but you're not depressed, you're fine. Um, and that attitude change has allowed me to live a much happier and uh, fulfilling life. Yeah, everybody tells you you got a good or bad attitude, right? And everybody's going to tell you how you feel. And that can't control your attitude. It's not because someone tells you. You take charge of your own attitude. I uh, love Colonel McRaven's book on uh, Make Your Bed about starting the day off with something that makes you feel good. Um, you know, the expression of glasses half full, you can look at it half empty or half full and if, if you feel it's half full, you're always going to have some things that can bring you down if you let them. Um, but if you jump out of bed in a good place, get your day started, and know that life at times is hard. It's just hard. It's part of living. It's not means you're clinically in trouble. It doesn't mean that uh, you're not a good person or you got dealt a bad hand. It's just sometimes 
And every single person is going to have some things come on their path that makes life hard. But if you approach that with an attitude that's healthy and all the other things that we've talked about, you're more capable and ready to handle those things. And that good attitude, uh, Deepak Chopra had a thing where he said, he um, gave the example of when your child is on that bike for the first time and you think they're going to fall, and that shock wave goes through your system and your stomach, those are your enzymes in your body all taking effect because of your emotional reaction to something. And that mental state of attitude and approach to living has a huge influence on your health. And I, I really think it's underrated. I think um, all the things that we're talking about contribute to giving yourself a higher percentage chance of having a good day, a good week, and so on. And uh, the last thing we have is um, sharing with others. And that's another thing that is different for everybody. Um, sharing for me, I didn't, I tried the therapy world and I didn't like it. And I think therapy is, uh, great for people who maybe have trouble, uh, verbalizing their feelings or aren't comfortable talking to someone they know. Um, but I don't really have a problem with that. So I actually disliked therapy because I didn't like talking to somebody I didn't know. Um, but now, uh, my therapy and, uh, what, gets me through the day is talking with people, whether it's my dad or, uh, friends that I, I talk about pretty much every aspect of my life pretty freely because, um, I also think it makes other people open up, uh, towards me. I think people respond to, uh, genuine people. And if they feel that, you know, you're being honest and genuine with them, they're more apt to share with you. Um, so that's something that now I, I talk to teammates, I talk to friends, I talk to my dad, uh, every day. And I, I, I don't have shame in doing that. Um, one of the biggest problems for people is I think they might feel embarrassed about their problems or embarrassed about, uh, how they're feeling. And that's something that neither of us really, it might be a flaw that neither of us get embarrassed, but uh, no. no, neither of us have a problem with verbalizing anything we're feeling, and it gets us both in trouble, uh, probably more than we want. But um, it's something that probably allows us to be happier than somebody who wouldn't voice their opinion, even if we get in trouble for it. Yeah, honesty sometimes makes people really uncomfortable when it's not what they want to hear. And it, it, life would be so easy if everything we ever had to talk about was all positive, exciting, and fun. But we live through the experience of being tight-lipped, not sharing, not asking for help, not communicating what was going on. And the first thing that so many people said to me after we started our website, and with the title, The Uncomfortable Silence, it kind of just ran true. They said, oh, we didn't know all those things. And it's not their fault. It was mine. So a lot of that, I think, Quentin, at his age, he's learned the value of that, the value of being up front, but he internalized things like anyone, anyone would when he was younger. And, um, you know, and it, it became scary at times and people misunderstood where he was at, including me, because we weren't verbal. Uh, I was more, uh, as a, as a guy like I am, it was, you know, you always taught to shut up and get it done and, oh, oh, come on, you're being a baby and things like that. Um, and now, like Quentin said, when you, 
share with someone else, they're more apt to um, tell you their story and or someone else or ask maybe, you know, do you think we can help this person? And um, it's never been a big, the phrase village, so to speak. I, I like friends, but not too big a group. Um, but I, I have said before, empowering people to interact with Quentin that he trusted was much more valuable than his own therapist experience. But that's for everyone to decide. But sharing how you're feeling, good and bad, um, and sometimes it comes out poorly, but you got to say it. And then hopefully the people you're around that are around you care enough that they'll let you sort it out when it comes out poorly. Yeah, and the last thing that I want to say, and um, another thing that that I've learned, and and it's it's definitely how um, I want to live today, and is that um, yeah, in in today's world, one of the biggest problems for that I see for kids my age and um, even uh, people older than me or younger than me is that everybody wants to be or feels like they're the victim of something or that the world is against them or uh, their boss is mean to them, their coach is mean to them. And it's something that I I have felt that way. And I've thought that it was against me. But what I've learned about mental health is that the only person who can change and impact your mental health is you. Um, There might be circumstances or people surrounding you that make it more challenging to be healthy but the only person who can allow yourself to feel depressed or allow yourself to to fall into a hole where you're upset and sad all the time is yourself and the people you surround yourself with your nutrition and your exercise those all play into it but the person that has to make the choice to be healthy and to be happy is you and other people cannot impact it. It is your life and it is your brain and you only get one. And that is the biggest thing that I've learned. And that now I know that uh, for future situations that other people can't impact how I'm feeling. It's me allowing them to impact how I'm feeling. I think that's well said. I think that's everything that we have talked about today. They all hopefully are helpful tools We've said from the beginning, we're not trying to play doctor. We're just sharing our experience and everything Quentin just said uh, is so important. So uh, that's it. Thank you.